welcome to Reality Blows. My name? Well, that's Nick Maritato. And I, Ashley Brooke Roberts, am sitting right across from Nick Maritato. Ash, pick it up. Pick up the speed. Pick up the intro. I thought we were doing something different. I was doing something different. I need you to be steady, Eddie. I wanted to also switch it up. No. Guys, this is a podcast all about reality television. That and it is. That it is, Ashley. Whom is sitting across <laughs> from me? How dare you? Guys, we are just two people in love who like reality television. Ash, may I ask you a question? Yeah. Before we start officially? Yeah. Why are you all bundled up? You look, your your posture makes you look like you're in a neck brace. What What is happening <laughs> what? to you right now? You've got three jackets on. I'm You've cozy. got the collar up. We're in our home. I'm cozy. What's going on with you? Why aren't you comfortable? Look okay. at me. I'm naked. Sitting here at the kitchen table. Windows abound, children looking at me from outside. Balls on the wall. Balls to the wall, balls on the wall, balls on the floor. What was that look you just gave me? (laughs) Christ. I was just thinking about whether or not I wanted to take off one of my numerous jackets. It's odd that you're so bundled up like this. I am cozy. It's making me feel warm. Well, you know what, Nick? you got to stop projecting your feelings onto me and my experience. You Be responsible for yourself. Leave me alone. That's my mantra. Wow. You really hit me with a lot there. A we lot should of start real again. talk. This no, is too much. This is it emotional relationship it. stuff i was told top. by a very close cohort that we must open ourselves up we must scratch those scabs get to the pus who said that i think it was my mom oh but regardless we must make this podcast interesting on multiple levels and i think right now if you and i fight to the death <laughs> <laughs> somebody might like this podcast oh what i just got sad that maybe someone doesn't like it there's definitely a person out here who listens to this podcast each week who's just like, I don't know why I'm listening to this thing. This is... Yeah, they're like, fuck these guys. I, they're not saying fuck these guys. They're just going, I want him... Because they're, they're, they're not... No one's angry at us for doing this. People are probably angry at themselves for listening to this. Why? I'm just saying it happens. I've done it to myself. I've listened I, to I a podcast for stopped, too long. I recently stopped listening to a podcast for a very specific reason and that I've listened to for like a couple of years. Yeah. And I wrote them an email. I didn't send it. But I, I wrote it. It's in my drafts. It's God. called Thank You and Goodbye. God, the, the, the tears, the fears, the steers. No fears. Some tears. I was sad to say goodbye to them. But. I just can't imagine what that uh, email, um, that Gmail draft box looks like of yours. Yeah. Like of all of this, like your feelings that are just never been sent to yeah. the person. Yeah, write it out. Don't send it. How many things do you think were addressed to me? About 400. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. Can you get into, you don't have to talk about the podcast in specifics, but can you get into the reasons on what made you stop listening to this particular podcast? Yeah. So the podcast, I will say without naming it, is a like sort of female empowerment podcast. It's very much about like personal growth, exploring different ways of thinking about success and, um, you know, creativity and being the best version of yourself you can be. It is an L.A. based podcast. So there are, you know, numerous talks about crystals. Crystals come up. Um, how, much, how many times does the 101 come up? Not once. What about the 405? I have heard it a couple of times. <laughs> um, but they just, there are, there's been a few times where these the two hosts have said something that has um, really sort of pulled back the curtain on their own privilege 
where I've been like, oh, am I just listening to two like upper middle class white girls from, you know, Ohio? Not that there's anything wrong with that, but am I just like listening to them like talk about the mall basically? Does that make sense? Wait a minute. Hold on. What I'm trying to say here. We've talked about the mall quite a bit on this Yeah, that was a bad (laughs) metaphor. I guess I was just saying like there's a couple times where they did things that I said things or or just sort of exposed their privilege in a way that made me uncomfortable. Does that make sense? No, it completely makes sense. Okay. And then the straw on the camel's back was, what are you laughing at? The straw on the camel's back. Is that not right? The last straw? It's the last straw, but I believe it's th- there's many straw on a camel's back. You looked back. at me like I just said. Well, because like, like a normal life. Well, because yeah. it's the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. Now, but if you were saying the straw on the camel's back, that camel's great. He's going to his destination. <laughs> uh, everything's fine. You know. Okay, the last straw. There you go. The last straw was when they um, like they had a guest on. He was telling a story, and he mentioned like something about going to a stripper for you know just it was kind of like wait hold on there's a boy on this podcast they he was a guest they oh, were interviewing. okay okay because i know you strictly listen to podcasts only with female hosts. yeah i yeah that's a rule um and then he he just they just one of the hosts really laid into strippers and like really was making fun of strippers hey, he's freaking would she have, he have a bill and burr on there or she something? did a no the guy no nick you're not listening to me it's frustrating the the guy and this is the problem with male hosts on podcasts <laughs> Podcasts, okay and that's what we were doing here this was a play all the, right blowhards the guy was just mentioning that he had met like us who this woman who happened to be a stripper and then the host was like oh you know like let me guess she like tried to scheme you for money and then she went in she was she was went into this whole act out as like a dumb stripper being like yeah let me just like borrow 80 bucks and like talking about how stripper strippers aren't trustworthy and just going on and on about these it was very sort of like shitty suburban america holding the patriarchy version of a sex worker like they're not trustworthy stay away from them they're just schemers and it's like there's a lot that goes into i it just completely rubbed me the wrong way i am personally not a stripper but you know what? There's a lot that goes into people who decide becoming a stripper. There's all sorts of cultural and life experiences that lead people into sex work. And to just like judge them and then be talking about them as like stupid schemers and like, you know, painting that picture, upholding that stereotype as strippers, as bad people. Really, I was like, oh, I can't I just can't support this podcast anymore. Are these people landlocked? No, they're in L.A. Oh, okay. All right. That's yeah. interesting. It's an interesting... But I feel like they grew up in the Midwest. It felt like very... It felt like a bro conversation about like, yeah, like strippers are just like these like dumb schemers. Welcome to Broversations. My name is Rick. With me is Mitch. Hey, guys. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the patriarchy and yeah. how it's frigging great. Love it. First of all, what's with all these hookers? <laughs> Always stealing your frigging cash when you're just trying to have sex with them You for know money. they want the dick. <laughs> Why you got to pay for it? Ash, I'm breaking out of this character right now. <laughs> what in the world did you have to curse for? We were having a fun- What did I say? You said dick. Oh. And you said it in a way that referred to a penis. Wait, Nick, I have a question. But all joking aside, do you think I should have sent that email to them? Because it was like a, it was like no. a thank you. It was like thank. I've no. really enjoyed listening to you for two years, and I appreciate like everything that I've gotten from you. But this is why I had to stop listening. Put yourself in these two people's shoes. Yeah. And you get a, you get an email, which we will undoubtedly get. 
after this podcast is released that said, listen, I've had a really great time, but one thing you did turned me off and I've unsubscribed and goodbye. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't you just be like, why did you have to do this? I'm putting out something free each week. Yeah. Leave me alone. Well, these girls are making a lot of money. From you? No, from their sponsors. They're making like 30000 a month. Well, you're not make, you're not sending them any money. You yeah. know what I mean? I've, I think I've bought stuff with their codes before. You're trying to say that you have a financial uh, standing with this with these folks. I don't and you feel know like what I'm trying to say. They broke a contract. I guess I'm just trying to say that, like, guys, you don't really know what goes into a stripper becoming a stripper, and it's not fair to just assume they're all just these like dumb schemers who are gonna take advantage of you. It's and weird. Ashley, you it's don't weird. know what goes into making a horrible podcast, <laughs> or do you, folks? Welcome to the show. That was our little bit up front, and now it's time. To get to some reality TV. (laughs) Folks, when we come back, we will be reviewing the first and only season of a little-known reality show called Strong. Strong was a show that uh, was, I guess, on NBC in 2016, 2016, uh, but has made its way to Netflix and uh seeing a second life there yeah i mean uh, ashley found out about it on found out about it on the internet for from from fans of uh mtv's the challenge yep um and uh i looked into it and i was like oh this looks like maybe something we can watch and we watched a few episodes and ended up watching the whole damn thing in about a night and a half uh it's doable 10 episodes uh under an hour each episode on netflix uh very crushable if you guys want to, uh, we're going to take a break. And in between this break, ours w- will only be about three seconds long. But you can pause this thing and watch the entire season. Binge it. And then come back to this episode and listen to the entire thing with us. Because we are going to do spoilers. And we're going to talk about episodes. and Because we had a really good time with this thing. And we want to get into it. So uh, we will be back with our review, recap, and love story about Love story? Love letter to, this is long, (laughs) strong. S-T-R-O-N-G. Bong. Folks, we back. I'm going to give you a little breakdown of what this show is. Uh, Strong features 20 contestants, which include 10 male trainers and 10 female trainees the trainers work on helping their trainees improve their physical fitness not only through losing weight but according to the series through achieving a balance between mind and body getting into shape both physically and mentally in each episode the team will train together and compete in physical challenges involving a wide range of disciplines and activities including mixed martial arts strength and endurance training and boxing. After a series of challenges, two teams will face each other in a physical competition in the Elimination Tower, with the losing team being eliminated from the series. The winning team will receive a cash prize of up to $500,000, depending on their overall performance in the show. Nick, is this or is this not the basic format of the challenge? I mean... It is pretty much in very base terms. This is this is a, a version of the challenge. Yes. yes, but was the challenge the first to do a uh, a competition show like this? I would say yes. I mean, you don't know. I would not know. I don't know, but <laughs> well, I would say yes. Uh, I kind of feel like uh, yes. It it was really what 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 strong felt like to me was really you know eighty percent 
the challenge um, and kind of the rest sort of a makeup of American Gladiators. Biggest Losers. It the felt bi- Biggest the Loser. Biggest Loser. Yeah. This was definitely Sylvester, by the way, produced by Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. This- Nick realized that right away based off the voice. You could tell it was Sylvester Stallone's voice in the intro. Yes. Narrating the intro. Definitely. And it was hosted by former volleyball player Gabrielle Reese, who did a horrible job. God, she was real. She was like an android. Am I it, right? We were having bets on whether or not she was a computer. I yeah. mean, she was and really bad takes. If you're having to uh, use some of the takes that we saw that made it to this network television show, then that means that that would, they were doing like the hundredth take, and they were like, yeah. "Fine, just take it." And for those of you not in the biz, uh, by take we mean like she would read sort of the um, uh, copy, the copy or the instructions for the game in she'd front of like, everybody. It, she'd be like, "If you're going to be moving your boxing bag." Across the platform. Yeah. And they'd be like, well, what's that weird pause about? Yeah, it's interesting (laughs) because um, we sort of get on, if you guys listen to our recaps of uh, the challenge, we get on TJ Lavin a little bit about his hosting. Because clearly, even though we love TJ forever, yeah, but clearly there's a lot being done in post. Yeah, where they're just kind of putting additional audio in. Yeah, there's um, and, a lot of editing with TJ. And also, uh, I, we've heard through uh, the grapevine, aka the internet, that a lot of these conta- the the cast of the challenge call him like ten take TJ or something yeah. like that, or hundred take TJ something because he has to keep doing this over. I mean, there's a lot of things that you have to sort of remember and say, and it's tough if you're not like a trained presenter. I mean. TJ Lavin's a goddamn BMXer. Uh, also, it's tough if you are a trained presenter. I've had to do commercials where I'm like reading copy where it's like, and, and Prudential saves you 10% on your all purchases outside of the do- And then like halfway through, you don't think you have a tongue anymore. You're like... Well, because like what you're saying, like really out of context, because you haven't seen the show. It's nonsense. It makes no sense. Yeah. You're like what is, uh you know, um, to 10% ADR. Exactly. Uh, FYE. Yeah. Uh, NYC. You're just saying like another language. Exactly. But, uh, you know, she didn't get really in the way of the show uh, because, I mean, the show was, I mean, I guess it's pretty. She didn't ruin the show. No, no. I I mean, because this show was kind of um, bulletproof, in my opinion. I loved this show. Um, And I I would agree that it was bulletproof. Yes. I I guess to sort of start this off, it does seem like going back to The Biggest Loser, just to finish that, it does seem like I think The Biggest Loser is an ABC show. Mm-hmm. And it feels like NBC was like, we need a Biggest Loser. Mm. What I thought was interesting is like people get get on the case of the Biggest Loser and kind of make fun of it because they call it the Biggest Loser. And it is about like, you know, burning fat. It's like obese people who how much fat they can burn, how much weight they can lose throughout the season. And then there is a, you know, a winner at the end. And it's very much losing weight base that's the speak in that show and it's called the biggest loser and you are losing weight but it is kind of called that because it's like look at these losers you know what i mean they wouldn't call it the biggest loser if they didn't want people to get that knee-jerk reaction of like what's the biggest loser who wants to be the biggest loser right it's a clickbait name yes and i feel like they went the opposite way for strong Mm. how much time did they say boy you really lost a lot of weight it wasn't about that. They never, talk, even though what you see in this, the transformations were like these women were losing tons of weight and getting strong. They never talked about fat. They never talked about weight. It was always 
Well, in the beginning, they did. In the beginning, the first episode, they were like, we have moved away as a society from chasing skinny. Now we are going after strong. There's the new ideal, which is strong, capable women. We've moved away from skinny. So that was kind of um, really hammered down pretty hard in the beginning of the show, Um, which I liked. I liked that idea. Lily! Lily just jumped from one box to the other. Oh, Lily. You know what? You're getting kind of fat. You need a trainer. <laughs> you need to get strong. Lily, you're the littlest loser. Um, so I like that idea. I like that they were like, skinny's out. Because personally, as a woman that has been trying to be skinny her entire life, it's nice to hear that a group of people on network television are trying to be strong. I really do think it was sort of counter-programming to the speak of the biggest loser. Yeah, I feel like I they totally were like, we're going to do this, but we're going to do it right. And I kind of feel like that across the board with this show is yeah. kind of how they handled things. Uh, you know, Ashley and I were talking about it towards the end of, you know, binging this thing, but we watch it in the course of a weekend. We watched, okay, today is Monday morning. Yeah. We watched eight episodes on Saturday night and two episodes on Sunday night. Oh my God. We have to get jobs. We do have jobs. (laughs) And that's why we watch so much TV on the weekends because we have jobs early in the morning. We just stay in. At night we're like, it's over. Because we were, we're weekend workers. We're weekend warriors. So, okay. And not to mention we podcast on the weekends usually. Um, So... What I sort of felt like this was, because it was so close to, it was really the biggest loser meets the challenge is what this was. Yeah. And I kind of felt like this was, you know, what the uh, Great British Baking Show Mm -hmm. is to Top Chef. Yes. Is what uh, Strong is to the challenge. I 100% agree. Okay, and and we're talking about how we've talked we've waxed poetic about the Great British Baking Show many times on yeah. this show. It's uh, the element of humanity. It these characters they didn't need to there didn't need to be complete stress, agony or uh, really drama. Dirtbags. Dirtbags for us dirt to bag enjoy behavior. this. Yeah. You know, on the challenge, it's constant dirtbag behavior. You're being yeah. bombarded from all sides by losers and dirtbags. <laughs> Which is fun, and we love it. You know, um, creeps, you know, sexual predators, racists. Like, I mean, this Drunks. Is, this is what the challenge is. Yellers. And yes, it does scratch that itch. It does make you feel like you're watching reality television. Yeah. But. Um, really what makes the challenge interesting, you know, beyond something that is just like the real world is the competition aspect of it, is the strategy, is the physical um, uh, uh, head-to-head battles, you yeah. know, the elimination, you know, and to a equal, but I would say maybe lesser extent, the politicking, the conniving is maybe secondary to really the competition mm. and what... MTV does is amps up the second half of that. They really want the politicking, the drama to sort of drive this show and the hook being, oh, by the way, we're doing crazy competitions. Right. Um, that's how we set it this apart from the real world, from 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 Real Housewives. Strong didn't go in that direction. Yes, there were some moments, brief moments of drama. But they were real. They were real. And they were not produced and they were understandable and they felt like 
inevitable in this situation when you this is the the element that I really liked about this show and that made me remember this about the challenge is that they are under physical and mental stress because of these competitions like I think it's easy to watch the challenge and be like why are these people fighting so much and it's because um, they are a loose cannons already but b they're under so much mental and physical stress so this show was interesting because we got to see people who aren't loose cannons who for the most part seemed pretty stable like middle america type people who uh had like a family that they weren't they weren't chasing fame on this show and then we got to see them be put under mental and physical stress and we got to see them react to that situation so it actually created more empathy for me towards challenge folk because i think when you watch the challenge like i said um you know if you're if you're watching it you can kind of overdose on the drama as a viewer and be like god why are these people always popping off but you forget the strenuous, um, the, the degrading effects of having to exert yourself both physically and mentally and emotionally over a series of weeks in a competitive environment. And this show, Strong, made me see regular people crack. And I liked that. Ditto. <laughs> uh, I also liked that it, yeah, it felt, it was, it all, every time someone cracked, it was like, oh, well, it's felt relatable, you know, it didn't feel like a, a diva. There were some personalities on the show I did not like. We can get into that. We can go one through one through some of the people. But um, I will say like the biggest moments of drama on this show were understandable. I, 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 I feel as though um, the times that it did crack, people did crack and there were moments of sort of that drama like we get on other reality shows. It was... It had two effects on me. Number one, um, I got excited by it because, as you know, I love fighting. You love it. Nick's favorite thing? I do feel as though that it was more warranted. Yes. Where sometimes I'm watching something like The Challenge and it's just like, why is this person screaming in this other person's face? And it's like, oh, they're drunk. Like, yes. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, this is gross, you know, in a way. Yeah. I'll take it. But it's gross. Um, and really, every time that somebody was sort of, for the most part, uh, heated with another human being, it really was because they wanted this really, really bad. And um, they their competitive spirit was sort of compelling them to go above and beyond just competing and sort of telling somebody what they think of them or, also, or really honestly, every time it happened, it, it was anytime somebody shot off at the mouth at somebody and got kind of heated. And it was really kind of like one character that was doing this, yeah. which we'll get into in a minute. Um, it was, it was in the spirit of you want to come at me, you want to take me. That's fine. I'm a great competitor and I will go there and I will come back and I will see, you know, it was like, I very, will send you home. Yes. It wasn't like, I'm going to fight you. You know, it wasn't yeah. like, uh, you know, fuck your mom or, or, uh, or sorry, <laughs> or like, <laughs> or I'm going to kill your dad or whatever they say on the challenge. <laughs> but it was very much like, you know how they're always saying, I'm going to fuck your mom on the challenge. <laughs> I'm going to kill your dad. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, com I'm a competitive person. And so I'm, and I'm better. I think I'm a better competitor than you. I will see you there. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm kind of shouting this at you because I'm, I'm heated in the moment. So it was, uh, warranted, I think. Yeah. Also, it was interesting because, um, well, especially the first interaction. So with, without, you know, giving, 
we can get into the cast breakdown, but I'll say the first time things came to a head were between two personal trainers called Adam and Benny. Oh, I guess we, we haven't even talked about what this show is. Like, yeah, we have. The, I, bro- I read the whole synopsis of the show. Oh, yeah, so remember? In that synopsis, you talk about the trainers. Yeah, the- there's 10 trainers <laughs> and 10 women. <laughs> Features 20 contestants. Sorry, Ashley, when you're reading from a phone, I kind of tune out a little. The trainers work on helping their trainees improve their physical fitness, not only losing weight. But okay, it- okay, okay, I get it. Yeah. Anyway, so yes, so c- continue your thought. I apologize. <laughs> I was just gonna honestly, say, Ash. If we were gonna break the fourth wall, I'm f- hot as hell in here right now. I yeah. cannot be in here. It's too hot. Let's need, open a window. No, I need you to open. We need to open a window, or I need you to be able to open that door again. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take a really quick break. Hold on, folks. We're back. Thank you for sticking with us while we open the window. Something that is fun about living in New York is that when the temperatures go down, the landlord just turns the heat up on the building, and that can make your apartment a sweaty little mess. Yeah, it's tough. Even though Ashley was bundled up 55 times over, she didn't seem to be warm. Well, I'm always cold, but Nick is clearly sweating. I mean, he's dabbing his forehead with his handkerchief. (laughs) (laughs) I do declare this is... Um, yeah. So anyway, we're, uh, we, we, what we want to do now is, um, I want to finish my thought though about the first, you know what? I'd prefer if you didn't, (laughs) what we want to do now is I want to finish my thought about Adam and Benny. They were the first fight and maybe like the, the second episode. I don't, maybe it was the first, I think it was the second episode. They got in a fight because Adam was him and his partner were choosing who was going to go into the tower. And Adam told Benny that he was not going into the tower. The tower is elimination. So for the challenge heads out there, it's like Armageddon or the Inferno. It's a place you go to battle it out to see if you're going to go home. So Adam told Benny, you and your teammate are not going into the tower. And then at deliberation, when they are picking who is going to go in, Adam and his teammate put Benny and his teammate in there. And that is when things exploded. And I enjoyed it because Adam is like, what? I'm playing a game. Like, this is a game. And Benny reacted like a real person would react to having been lied to he did not react in the challenge way of being like oh yeah well you know what fuck that guy but i should have seen it coming benny was like how can you not stand by your word as an athlete as a competitor there's like this code of honor that these guys are playing with that um really added more heart to the uh, elimination aspect of this show. And honestly, the codes of these teams and, and trainers um, and trainees, you know, they were all in the same world. They were all there for a good reason, but they sort of varied uh, w- variations on a theme. And uh, I think what we can do is if we go through each of the teams and yeah. kind of talk a little bit about, if we can remember, we can't remember all the teams. I, I would say that I did go through some of these names and I was like, don't remember these people well, at all. See, there's a, if you go into Google, you can actually put faces uh, to names. Okay, so. well, I'll do my version because I okay. want to say I want to read the teams and then give like a little sentence about each team sure. member. And then if I don't remember them, you can show me their pick. Okay, that's great. Okay, so my favorite team. By team- the way, thank you for listening to our production meeting. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be putting out the real podcast next week. Uh, my favorite team, Benny and Jill. Benny and Jill. Jill is a mother of four from Wilmar, Minnesota. She's a tall, blonde, very Viking-esque looking woman who her husband was an assistant pastor. Is that correct? Something. And Something in the religious arts. You know, Jill, I will say, like, we didn't get much personality from Jill. There, there wasn't 
you know, any spotlight on her except for this idea that she had transformed from a mild-mannered mother to a competitive, aggressive athlete. She kept talking about how Benny had brought out her aggression. Yeah, she's like, I'm aggressive. and I've I, been supp- suppressing that for years. Okay, but that's not true. Your act out is not true. She didn't do that. She did. She would say, like, I'm aggressive. She, that's how she did it. She, she still was saying that she was aggressive and that she had found this aggression in the most calm way possible. But I disagree. um, I think she had a little bit of aggression in her voice. Oh, well, there you go. Gritted gritted teeth, I I believe. So um, I'm just going to do a little spoiler alert about Jill. I looked her up after the show. She has now become a personal trainer. So that's something that happens on this show that really surprised Ashley and I. It was really a cherry on top of of a well-constructed, fun reality competition show. At the end, when people would be a Eliminated. Each each week, somebody be, would be eliminated. And if you were eliminated, thank God you did not go home. You stayed there working on your fitness with your personal trainer. Yeah. And um, so then they would show us what you looked like at the end of the episode I, after the nine weeks. Yeah, after – and it was probably more than nine weeks. Was it only nine weeks? I think it was only nine weeks. Wow, because the transformation that these women made – were night and day. I mean, you would see them and, you know, these women weren't, I, would, I wouldn't call these women obese, no. really. Because they were able to, com- you know, physically compete yeah. without dying, but they were out of shape women. They were just like a little smushy. They, they were smushy. Some smushier than others. Yeah. Um, and the transformations that these women made were breathtaking. It was insane. Yeah. So, I mean, some, some more than others, but... Really, like, all of a sudden, you see what they look like present day, and you're like, whoa, like, you look like a fitness model. Right. Because it wasn't that they were skinny. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't. And, and yes, a lot of, they were they were thin, much thinner than they were. Yeah. But they were muscular. They they yeah. had been they had been turned into some of them looking almost like competition fitness models. At the end of this, when we see how Jill has looked at the end, um, she looks her the, the definition in her arms. It only comes from competition. And and they're being they're continuing to be trained by the trainers that they pick in yeah. the, in the first competition. So let's let's maybe jump right into there before we move on with the teams, just to to let everybody know how they found each other. Did you talk about that? No. I can't remember what you talked about in your synopsis. Um, the first episode of this show, just so we can talk maybe about the trainers and yeah. the trainees go as we it. go yeah, through yeah. the cast. The first moment of this show, all of the women, the trainees, um, are kind of standing there in a line. And the trainers come out and the trainers have to compete. And they compete in a competition. And based on that competition, the women get to see what their skill sets are. And the women choose who their trainers are for the entire competition. Correct. So Jill got first pick. Yes. The one that we're talking about right now. And Jill chooses a trainer named Benny. Who won this competition Nick is talking about. Benny. Everyone wanted Benny. Benny's incredibly defined. Benny is a strength and conditioning trainer from Texas who has worked with Beyonce for the love of God. And the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And his arms are crazy like 24 inch python style arms at the end of this competition jill kind of looked like that which i thought it was interesting because that was benny's sort of training system yeah because not all these women had definition and and musculature that you could see you know through clothing yeah 
Benny was probably the most muscular, if not, you know, in the top three of the most muscular, especially the arms. Mm-hmm. By the end of this competition, you get to see what Jill looks like. Yeah. Jill kind of looked like Benny. Jill looked incredible. Bill, Jill had, her arms were jacked. Now, I'll say that this team didn't get much airtime in terms of their relationship. They just would talk about their relationship. We didn't actually see their relationship being played out. Uh, we saw them winning challenges for sure. And we saw Benny getting in some arguments, mainly with a, another guy named Adam, who we will address shortly in the show. But um, something that I found interesting about Jill and Benny is that they seem to work the best together. And then towards the end of the show, they were like, we're going to be best friends for life. There is an unspoken communication between us we are on the same page in all things and i was like oh my god are they in love yeah for real <laughs> like it does seem like there was a few of these people where i'm like they might be in love right now yeah i wanted M- benny and jill to ben- fall benny in and love jill mostly i mean they have they they you know they seemed like soulmates in a lot of ways because they they were so clearly on the same page there was so much trust there and they were just they were just like really the reason why these two, besides the fact of their athletic ability, the reason why they were elite competitors in this challenge is because of their ability to work together. And I would say that makes a successful marriage as well. So Benny and Jill, go ahead, get married. And Benny was the guy that we were talking about who got into some uh, altercation, verbal altercation. With Adam, yeah. You know, basically based on valor. You know yeah. what I mean? Kind of based on, you know, you've done me wrong and now I'm going to come back and I'm going to show you why that was a mistake. Yeah. Which we get on things like the challenge, but it you don't... You, you could feel like there was no Benny's trying to make a storyline for himself. No. This was this guy's a lot of pride in what he does. Yep, and, and it, who he is. And if if somebody is going to stab me in the back, that's that hurts me harder than it's going to hurt a normal human being. Yeah, based also on his upbringing. You know, you get into the the biography of these people, the history of these people. You find out Benny had an incredibly tough life. Now we don't really hear what his what was tough about his life, yes, but we do. Jill just says, we um, "Oh, we do." Yeah, he had his 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 parents were his dad was a drug addict. He um his parent his dad beat him and his oh mom. Oh my god! His mom How did I miss that? His mom was too poor to leave him, so he had uh, to stay. So no. what Benny did was um he stayed at school. He became the you know the um the captain of the football team. He became like the captain of the debate team. Oh my god! He goodness. did every extracurricular thing he could so he didn't have to go home. Wow! And by the time he was got his license, he or he's fifteen years old. He got a job. He moved out of his home. And he moved in with himself and he continued on the path that he was doing, which was excelling at everything. And then eventually became like a trainer for the Dallas Cowboys and train, you know, basically he trains in Texas, you know, like Beyonce, like, and if you look at this guy, first of all, Benny also, this is the other thing, Benny on his tail of the tape says he's 39 years old. Yeah, Benny, you're 49. Benny is 49 (laughs) years old. Benny, you're 49. Just Benny, say it. It's cool. And you it's can awesome be that 49. you are. Yeah. It's awesome that you are. But you're not 39. You're not 39 years old, bro. You, uh, you, t- <laughs> you knocked 10 years off of that yeah. for sure. Anyway, so that's Benny and Jill. That's Benny and Jill. Um, wow, I'm so glad I got to learn that Benny backstory. Yeah, no, I wonder Benny's how I missed backstory is, is crazy. I must have um, just blocked that out because I liked him so much. But yeah, Benny and Jill, very proud. Very, they were the team I was rooting for the entire time. And um, that was kind of that was a little, you know, tough just because they were they were always winning. So you don't want to really root for the top dogs. But at the same time, they were the most likable. It's interesting that you say that, because normally that's how I 
feel as well, where I'm like, I'm not going to root for these people that are yeah, crushing it. Like, exactly. fuck them. Like, I want the underdogs to win. Exactly. I found myself about towards the end of this series going, wait a minute. I want these people to win yeah. that have been excelling because they deserve it. Yeah. And for them to lose to yeah. a lesser than team is detrimental to everything. Right. They've worked the hardest. They are really good. I want them to win. So you're saying the the values uh, that this show is infused with rubbed off on you, Nick, the viewer. No. Okay. The next team up is Todd and Brittany. Now, this team, um, they started off as uh, a different team. They started off, Todd was with, I don't remember Todd's first. I think Devin was her name. Is that who it was? Um, that could be. That could Regardless, be. we don't know who she was because we, they got thrown off very early we on. We do the show. know that Brittany Okay, so basically it was Devin, Devin and Todd. This Devin show and Todd. this show did like a little bit of a redemption house esque thing where they brought back um like six of the teams that have been eliminated to compete to see if they could get brought back into the the main house. And then but they had them compete as individuals and then the top people who got um the top man and the top woman would come back as a team so that's how we got Todd and Brittany back they had been eliminated earlier in the show Todd with uh, a female named Devin mm-hmm. who did not make it back in the single competition and Brittany with probably the worst character on no, the show best character worst competitor on the show named Kai. Kai this guy named Kai. Kai this guy Kai was so awesome I hated him he was so entertaining he to was watch. the stereotype of like a douchey male trainer he had a he had a man bun mm. He I kept talking about how he was climbing models. I haven't climbed anything this tall since a model in New York. Yes, he had corny lines. I kind of find found that. He kept like, talking about her butt. I, I found like, that Adam, we'll talk about Adam later. He yeah. was more of like your classic douchey male trainer. I kind of found that Matthew, the guy on the purple team, was kind of a classic like jockhead male trainer. This guy wasn't as buff as everybody else. He was kind of corny. He had like a weird man, but like he kind of just looked different than he had everybody tattoos. else. He was old. He had more personality <laughs> than a lot of the other characters. Like he could have been on a regular reality show. There's a couple of people that could have been on the challenge. This guy, Adam. And the way, I mean, the, the, the funny dynamic about this was him and his teammate, Brittany, their, the roles were reversed. Yeah. Where Brittany was maybe the strongest woman for most of this competition. And Kai was clearly the strongest train, the least strong trainer, yeah. the weakest trainer. There was a couple situations where Brittany was like, come on, Kai, you can do it. And it's like, Oh, Kai's supposed to be encouraging you. Yeah. And like, Kai's like, I can't. <laughs> so like, uh, they, w- w- cause we kind of have to move along a little bit. We can't yeah. go through this. I just want to say like the highlight of this team when they were a team before they got broken up and then Brittany came back was they were doing their elimination challenge in the tower. In the tower and there's a, the tower, is pretty much the same elements every time some things change and get a little harder but a mainstay was basically monkey bars yeah and uh you know Brittany does her monkey bars goes all the way through kai because he had to you know he had to do a lot more arm stuff to get up to the monkey bars they kind of yeah. make the trainers work a little harder to get there he gets halfway through the monkey bars and all of a sudden he starts screaming i can't feel my hand i can't <laughs> my hand and he falls on down on them and every time he falls because you can restart because it's a time-based thing Every time he falls off the monkey bars, he slams directly on his face. And he kept screaming, I can't feel my hands. My hands! My hands! Yeah. Uh, And it was making me and Ashley laugh so hard. (laughs) 
and he was falling on his face. He wasn't putting his arms out to stop him. Yeah. He was just falling directly on his face. This was, I will say, I did. I found Kai to be cringy. Oh, I really incredibly. did. But I loved this monkey bar scene. And he can't, he can't, <laughs> my he can't, my hand. And then um, when they come back in for the individual eliminations, he's like, I have something to prove. I have, I have unfinished business with those yeah, monkey this bars. This is his redemption, baby. He's coming back. And he, all, he almost gets to the end. He, he almost gets to the last it. rung of the monkey bars. He puts his feet on the platform. <laughs> Immediately falls off the platform and then literally face first. Boom. Once again. Last time we see him, again, he's face planting on the mat. It was uh, really. get through. But his partner, who was on the single competition, who had been eliminated as well, Brittany, she does come back. That's so we right. actually get Brittany later. Yes. So Kai, sayonara. We don't see him after that redemption house situation. Um, but he was fun while he was here. I enjoyed seeing Kai. And there was a, when he got eliminated, this was this was something that was great. Or there was a point where they get eliminated or something happens or or maybe they won a competition when Kai and Brittany were were and then like um I believe it was Matthew and the purple team. Yeah. He looks and he goes over to the yellow team because that was Brittany and Kai's color and he goes, Yellow team. He's like, I, you you guys love seeing me here. I'm and Brittany man, you are just so strong and so great and that's why I'm giving you my whatever. Yeah. And then like he goes away and this guy Kai's like, so you're just going to say stuff about Brittany? You're not going to say anything about me? I think you're talking about the elimination. So when they were picking which team, the purple right. team was picking which elimination to go into, and they were talking about the yellow team. They're like, yeah, Brittany's just like a real force. Um, we're like, you know, we were worried about her as a female competitor. And then Kai's like, all they did was talk about you. They didn't like, talk why aren't you about worried about me? me? Yeah. It's like, that seems really disrespectful that you would bring up one half. I'm part of this team, too. I'm yeah. also good. Well, Brittany also won the female co- competition where she was able to, um, I, the one-on-one. Remember, they'd had like they had the trainers compete yeah. against each other and the females compete. So Brittany was just clearly better than good. Kai. And she got to come back in the competition later, but Kai did not. That so brings Kai us and to Nara. Kai and Nara. That brings us to Matt and Nicole, the purple team. Purple team. Okay, purple team was a force to be reckoned with. They were a sleeper team right up top. Benny called it in like the second second app he was like you guys are so the benny and jill, undercover threat benny and jill were the blue team mm-hmm. okay kai and Brittany were the yellow team mm-hmm. and uh this is the purple team now. yeah matt and who matt and nicole matt and nicole yeah nicole uh really very strong coming through here yeah. she won one of the individuals which was a rowing uh a test yeah like she, the row machine that you yeah. have the gym she technically didn't win it she gave it to jasmine on the gray team but she m- dominated it i mean she's crushing things i yeah. mean it really made them feel like they were just the people to beat um and and matthew matt he was um kind of a little understated but re- clearly understood the competition part of this yes. to where they knew to lay low for the first couple of competitions and it took Benny to sort of look around who was at the top of the heap yeah. or at least in the top two and realize it's interesting purple seems to be right up there with us each time but not winning yeah there's something going on with this purple team and he was right purple team was is strong and once the, the jig was up with the purple team where they started getting called out like purple team yeah you guys are clearly um one of the strongest teams here and we're letting everybody know that right now purple team just kind of took that and went okay jig is up i guess we're just gonna have to start winning competitions yeah and they really did they were a really strong team um you know something that impressed me between in uh and matt because you just matt's a shorter guy kind of yeah. stocky he looks unassuming based on some of the other trainers he looked like my t-ball coach right he's just 
he didn't have he just didn't have the physical size it didn't look like he didn't have the height yeah um and but w- there was a sprinting um just where the trainers just sprinted uh against one another and yes benny uh was kicking people's asses but so was matthew and yeah. matt actually pulled it out his body held up a little longer than benny and he won the speed competition which i think shocked a lot of people including yeah. myself yeah uh so purple team very strong Yes. Um, I'm just realizing we did Todd wrong because we went through the Todd Brittany. We explained who Brittany was, but we never talked about Todd. Well, we were Todd. talking about the initial teams. Oh, we never talked about Todd. Yeah, okay. let's talk about Todd. Okay, so once Kai and Brittany were thrown off, yeah. um, along with a few other people, and then some people, you know, they do the individual competitions, the Redemption House, where one trainer comes back yes. and one of the eliminated uh, trainees come back, but they don't. If one person from one team wins and another person from another team wins, they become the it's trainer the, and the trainee partner. They take the best partner. of both worlds. So we had to explain that Brittany came back. We did not explain that Todd came back. Todd uh, was originally with Devin. He was eliminated actually before Kai and Brittany. And Todd held a special place in Nick's heart. Todd was really a peewee football coach. Nick like, he was, loved he, Todd. He, he was on, on, on paper. He was the oldest person in this competition. Yep. Um, I don't know. How old was he? I think he was like 43 maybe. God, he looks older than 43. It was interesting because <sighs> Kai kept saying he was the oldest, but Kai was, oh, Todd was 44, Kai was 43. All right, so Todd, Todd Durkin, um, incredible man. From San Diego, personal trainer and author. Reminds me a lot of my friend's dad's growing up. Uh, I mean, he was just like a, um, a really motivational speaker, the way he sort of talked about his life and other people's lives. Very genuine uh, jumped at the chance to make a connection with a person. Um, everybody loved Todd in the house. Yeah, and especially people were ins- Nick. People Nick were inspired. Maritano. People were inspired by Todd. Who? What makes you say that? Um, literally, uh, uh, Nicole. Yeah. Um, set, towards the end, when she gets eliminated, spoiler alert. Yeah. Looks at Todd and goes, Todd, like, oh my god, like you're. It was just inspiring to be with you. Oh. Todd was the person that like. Didn't matter what team you were on. Eventually, you were going to have a one-on-one talk with Todd where Todd was going to get to know a little bit more about you. And he was really listening. This is what people seem to, the feedback from Todd. Like Benny, when he, that's how you learn about Benny's back history, backstory was a sit down with Todd. Uh. And he tells Todd his whole story and Todd's just wowed by it. And he, and he's able to kind of connect with him afterwards and explain to him how his story was inspiring to you. And people walk away from these conversations with Todd and they're like, I can't can't believe how much better I feel after talking to Todd. Todd's uplift, uplifting me. No one listens like Todd listens. He's really an inspiring guy. And the way that he trains, I enjoy the way that he trains. <laughs> he's just he's just kind of whooping you up. It's not like those silent trainers who are kind of like, uh, you know, come on, you can do this. You can do this. Like, it's fine. But Todd was kind of like, let's, he, he kind of brought you to church a little bit, Todd. You know what I mean? He was he was sort of bringing the God out of you when you were training. And I really enjoyed Todd. Do Nick, those karaoke's. Nick, I got something for you. We're yeah. going to take a little break from the cast breakdown so that I can tell you about the lawsuit that was against Strong because it does involve Todd. Oh, don't fucking do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> don't do this to me, Ash. 
And I told you before we started this podcast that there was a lawsuit. And I, if um, you tell me Todd's a fucking pedophile, I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. He's not. He's not. Thank it doesn't. God. He didn't do anything wrong. I don't think. But I will read this lawsuit to you. So, um, you know, we are gonna continue to talk about the cast, but I want to break down this lawsuit. I want to say that we loved this show so much. We immediately started looking for the second season. Surely there's a second season. Surely this show has a fan base. We learned that the show did not have a second season and for the most part appeared to be canceled. It was hard to figure out whether or not it was canceled, but it looks like it was canceled, true or false. It looks like it was canceled, yeah. Then I did a little bit of digging and I found that a lawsuit had been uh, levied against the production. 25-7 is the name of the production company that handled this show and also Sylvester Stallone. And I'll just read you this lawsuit. Sylvester Stallone and NBC have been slapped with a $7 million lawsuit by a personal trainer who claims that the idea for the reality competition Strong was lifted from him. In his suit filed in the New York Supreme Court on Friday, Robert Fletcher claims that he came up with an idea for a series called America's Next Great Trainer, which would feature a number of personal trainers and trainees competing for an ultimate cash prize and the title of America's Next Great Trainer, and would focus on the overall transformation of individuals in all areas related to health and fitness. Fletcher says that he enlisted trainer Todd Durkin... Oh, the Dirk man. To host the show. Wow, Todd was going to be the host? And pitched it out to a number of entities, including 25-7 Productions. He also says he sent a personal proposal to Stallone's publicist. Fletcher claims that Durkin, Todd, Todd, cut off communication with him in June 2015. He learned in early 2016 that NBC planned to air a show that was strangely similar to his own called Strong in which in which prominently featured Todd Durkin as a star trainer. Wow. According to Fletcher, Strong, which premiered on April 13th, credits 25-7 and its CEO, David Broom, as creators and counts Stallone as an executive producer. Representatives for Stallone and NBC have not responded to the rap's request for comment on the suit, which also names Broom, 25-7, and Durkin as defendants. Whoa, Fletcher, they sued Todd? Uh-huh. Fletcher is seeking damages of $2 million in addition to punitive damages of not less than $5 million. Wow, and what happened? Bum, bum, bum. I don't know. I couldn't find out the answer. I'd have to go to a courthouse and look into that. No one seems to have covered it after the suit happened. That's insane. Yeah, it is pretty insane. But Todd Durkin was set to be the host. I'll tell you, it does sound. it sounds right. Yeah, right? it, does it does sound it right. It sounds like... I believe it immediately. Yeah. Um, because Todd Durkin would have been a great host. I guess, but I'm I'm more interested in seeing Todd compete. But yes, I, I'd like to see Todd in some capacity after this. I'm glad we got to know Todd in a way that we did not get to know Gabrielle uh, Reese. I feel like if Todd had been the host, he would have been featured more than Gabrielle was featured. Yeah. And I wonder why they chose Todd to be the host. Like, was he a he? Because they said he's an author, so yeah. maybe he wrote training books. And he that's must why. do have a self help type thing. I bet if we Google him, he's got like. The, what if he has a podcast? Oh, we have to get Todd on the pod, y'all. He, he must have a YouTube. Um, 
uh, account. I'm, I'm assuming most of these trainers do. Yes. Okay. So that was the lawsuit that pretty much ended the show. Let's go back to these teams. Next, we have um, Wes and Jasmine, who were the gray team. This was the team that always was about to be cut. I mean, they went into the tower like three times in a row. They were always coming in last. Uh, Jasmine had issues with her weight. Wes was incredibly handsome, but didn't seem to have a personality. Yeah. These two, um, they were they were fun to watch, but also like I would be like, wait a minute, they're still on the show yeah but you know what they were doing really well for a while because they kept going because what would happen is people would be sent to the tower and uh it seemed as though and this was sort of the party line that was being towed throughout the show was if you get sent to the tower and come back it makes you a stronger team yeah and i think that's true it seemed like it was because people who went to the tower usually went to the tower over and over again and would come back over and over again yeah and they would just get stronger they get better at the tower and people were saying that like the tower uses muscles that there's almost no way to exercise so it's like you're building those muscles that will then make you better at the tower and and uh, there seemed to be and this is something that benny um sort of did after the first time that he went to the tower was he uh pulled up somebody who, who had also been at the tower the next team that had gone to the tower yes. and sort of said i believe it was the purple team yes and said hey listen we can talk about this now because we've both been there but do not talk about the details of the tower to the other competitors okay yeah. we just don't want them now we want to continue to have the upper hand if we get sent there right don't spill the beans right. on the tower secrets. I mean, and, and everybody could see what was going on with the tower. But Can you, though? Because if you're on the ground, yeah. which is what it looked like, yeah, and yeah. you're looking up at the five, six-story building, surely you're, what is happening is blocked after yes. the second and, story. And, and, and it, so, and honestly, I, I mentioned this to Ashley while we were watching it. This reminded me a lot of the season. I believe might have been a rival season. In, uh, of the challenge in which when people would go to the elimination, they would be kind of taken in the middle of the night and uh, blindfolded and brought to like a mountain, the two teams that were competing. Mm. And only those two teams got to see the, the elimination and only one team would come back. So um, it became a thing there too, where the team that came back would kind of make it a pact between each other and they'd say we will not actually tell people what this elimination challenge was like just in case we get thrown there again we want to continue to have the upper hand we know what it's like yeah and so when they would come back to the house and people would be like what it was like they'd give a lot of misinformation and they did that on invasion of the champs too right like i remember remember kaylee going against sylvia and tony they they and then people walking back on the beach sure when they would come back to the um, so there were a lot of similarities there a lot of similarities what do we got next next we have do we just want to go through all these teams Dan? i don't know if we need to go through the bot the teams because i know you're going through them in which they were eliminated so yeah. we can kind of tell you now um, dan and mahogany are next they're the green team dan and mahogany um they, the they were kind of the layup team if you're if you're talking about challenge lingo that people kind of kept around because they knew that they could beat them eventually yeah but dan also kept being like don't put mahogany in the tower yet give me a couple more weeks with her and he kept like talking about mahogany as as this sort of a frail character that needed to be protected which i assumed from looking at mahogany and the way that she was being treated that she was like an older woman who was maybe the oldest on the show yeah, she kind of did look like the oldest and she seemed kind of like a grandma-ish type character she was not the oldest who how, who, how old is she she was 38 uh-huh. the oldest was cc who was adam's yeah, partner who was very strong on the white team how, super old, how, strong. how old is she 40 
Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, Cece was a bad ass. Um, after Dan and Mahogany well, is... So something interesting about Dan and Mahogany was in uh, Mahogany's sort of introduction to the show, Yeah. Um, she mentioned how the reason why she gained a lot of weight was because she was having marital problems because her husband cheated on her, but then mentioned that they had worked through their problems and everything's going okay now. Yeah. But still... While we're seeing a montage of pictures of her and her husband, you know, she's talking about how her husband is a cheat and also still with her husband. And I am. And this is like a positive, uplifting show. Like I can imagine that the the husband and the husband's family probably couldn't watch this show once they it the sort of her storyline was she got fat because her husband cheated on her. Yeah. If and also, still, he was like a decathlon athlete. If you're still with your wife at that point, would you be like, can you stop bringing up that I cheated Yeah, I, I think I would be like, maybe just let's not. I know you used it to get on the show, but like, if for us to work through this, maybe we shouldn't have to keep reliving this anytime anybody kind of texts me and be, is like, you're a shithead for cheating on mahogany. It's yeah. Like, yes, I guess I, I deserve this. But, but I also, we like, moved on. if we are going to move on, like, I can't, you know, you might as well just break up with me then. I don't yeah. know if I can handle this being a time capsule for the rest of my life, that's why you're on this show is because I'm a cheat. Like, be one thing if you were like, my husband cheated on me, we had a horrible divorce, and now I'm, uh, you know, alone with my kids, and I gained a lot of weight. Then you're like, okay, great. But if you're like, I stayed with him, everything's great now, just want to say he was a sleazebag for a year. <laughs> um, all the distant cousins that didn't know about this, sorry to for you to find out about this on TV, but don't worry, he's great. Y'all yeah. still coming to our house for Thanksgiving. Like, it just felt odd it did it did well you brought up the fact i think it was jasmine who was talking about her alcoholic father you were bringing up the fact that like during casting these people are in this audition room without um with not being on the show yet and they're talking about their worst uh situations that it want have pushed them to want to improve their lives and they spill all their beans and then they show up on the first day of taping and production's like, okay, so uh, you want to go ahead and tell us again about your drug addict father? Yeah, and they're, and they're like, like, oh yeah, that's right. Fuck, uh, I already said it all. Now I have to say it again. Yeah, but it's now like, it's going to be on the show? Because you're auditioning for this. You're like, okay, why should I choose you over the 60, 600 other fat women that are online? Squishy. And uh, then she's like, well, because my husband cheated on me. Yeah. And I'm still with him. And yeah. it's just like, okay, great. I like this. Good story. What else you got? And then yeah. they start pulling it out. And then later you have to bring that up on the show. I mean, that's why you're on the show. <laughs> yeah. They're like, remember how you told us that? And you're like, shit, I did tell and you that. And honestly, this is, this is the trappings of reality TV. So, it's I mean, it's, it is, uh, you have to sort of get over that, I guess. After Dan and Mahogany are Chris and Giovanna. This is the orange team. Giovanna, um, she went through a little bit of a, um, you know, setback while filming because her mother-in-law passed away. And she ended up winning a personal one-on-one uh, or she ended up winning a female competition based on the memory or maybe it was a partner's competition. I don't remember, but I do know that she powered through it was the a competition. Partner's competition where she had to, ha they the had hanging, to hang they yes, had to hang the grip strength. Yes. And uh, she won and she was great. I enjoyed her. She, yeah. she reminded me of like a Jersey mom. I you liked know? her too. She reminded me of Nani for some reason. Um, well, there you go. 
There you go. Um, Chris did not have a personality. I don't remember a dang thing about Chris. Um, um, he was a Division One track athlete, uh, and so he really thought he was going to win the speed competition and lost. Mm, that brings Adam and Cece next. Definitely the most polarizing group. Absolutely. Very strong team. Cece maybe the top as far as the women in most yeah. of this competition. Uh, Adam could have been the top also overall as well. Incredibly strong team. Adam had like a badass guy personality, lots of tattoos, yeah. kind of into himself. And they won the first competition and sort of set the tone. Uh, th- they didn't really set the tone, but they attempted to set the tone by making this a more traditional reality show. They yeah. gave some misinformation out, stabbed a few people in the back. One of those people happened to be Benny. And, and this is one of the times in which Benny let him have it. Yeah. Uh, and talked about uh, how uh, he's not going to stand for people lying to him and stabbing him in the back. Mm-hmm. And and really, uh, uh, Adam and Cece did not win this competition. They could have. Honestly, if they would have played the first couple a little differently and didn't make so many enemies in the house, they probably would have gotten a lot further than they did. It, yeah. It also did kind of come down to an injury by Adam, yeah. but still. I mean, he the whole time Adam and Cece were in the house, Adam was having to defend himself, uh, basically, because the entire house thought he was a little full of himself and kind of an asshole. Yeah. And, and um, I think Adam had thought this is the way that this game is going to be played, like a traditional competition <laughs> reality show. Yeah. And the rest of the house sort of came around and said, no, we're not doing this. Now you're just looking like a dickhead. Like, yeah. So now, we all, now you're a public enemy number one, and you're not going to be able to fly under the radar. I'm laughing because when Adam called out Benny and Jill as going in the tower on that um, that first elimination, Benny, you know, was very upset because Adam had said he wasn't going to say his name. And then Benny said, you're dead to me. And then it cut to Adam crying, being like, he said I was dead to him. He's like, you're a ghost. Why are you talking to me? Yeah, and yeah. then poor Benny was very dramatic <laughs> yeah. at times. You could tell that Benny had a lot of deep, dark anger towards some people, and um, but yeah, Adam just being like, "Why did he say I was dead to him?" Yeah, and and Cece was actually kind of great. I enjoyed Cece, Cece. Was great. She was a really strong competitor. She seemed to ha- have her uh, kind of be kicking herself in the butt for having Adam as a partner. They won the next one. Remember, they yeah. g- they put in the next two teams because it looked like they were going to go into the tower, and then Adam won the male competition situation which was a grip type thing mm-hmm. and they sent in the next two teams so the, really in the beginning of this show it seemed like Adam and Cece were going to take it all um, and then like Nick said Adam suffered an injury and it took them out of the game unfortunately but yeah Cece in the beginning was very supportive of Adam when he was having his problems with Benny she seemed to be on his side and back him up. But then when Adam started to turn against Cece and was being, um, was he, was he being derogatory? He was just, he was talking down to her. He was kind of like, come on. You know, he was like, he was getting yeah. angry He was like, why are her. you talking? You're wasting your breath yeah, talking. Yeah, it was basically like, she was like, I can't do this anymore. And he's like, you're talking to me. So you're clearly not uh, gassed out. Yeah. If you could talk, you could probably do this competition better. Yeah. He was not being understanding. He was letting his own ego get involved and it turned on him and he yeah. Yeah. And, and and mahogany had to give a convert have a talk with Adam yeah. about how uh, CC's hurt. Yeah. 
Um, that brings up the next team that was eliminated before Adam and Cece, which was Kai and Brittany. We've already discussed them. The team before Kai and Brittany was Devon and Todd. We've already discussed them. The team before them was Drew and Sarah, the red team. Don't remember them at all. Uh, Drew is kind of a weird creep Can guy. Can you show with me a, a picture yeah, of Drew? Drew? Drew's in the middle there. He's kind of got the bald head. Oh, um, was he the heart guy? Was he, he the guy he, with yes. the, the oh, dog? Okay, so yes. This guy had a uh, like a triple bypass or quad, quadruple bypass surgery. His heart stopped. He had point. had he had a triple heart attack. He's the only guy who's ever lived through a triple heart attack. And uh, he had a dog with him that uh, a service Ugh, animal it was lucky, so cute, lucky, lucky, who like if his heart started racing in a in an abnormal way, lucky, cortisone, yeah, yeah, levels. Lucky would alert him. Yeah, I mean it was truly the first time I had ever seen a service dog like actually be of service. God, I love when there's an animal on a reality show. There was a point, and this is the this is <laughs> Ashley knows what I'm about to say. <laughs> There is a point in the show is the probably the highlight of um, Drew's entire uh, tenure on this show. Uh, he, he, there, uh, there is a montage of everybody kind of doing their daily training, daily working out. Drew's working out really quick. He finishes a rep. He turns around, literally pounds his dog Lucky. Fist bump. He fist bumps his dog Lucky. <laughs> he puts his fist out and Lucky bumps his fist with his paw it and was, then they cut away. We it, watched it like five times. We went back and watched it. We couldn't believe it. It was a beautiful moment it was for humanity. so great. Then we tried to teach Lily to fist bump. Now tell me if you remember anything about his partner, Sarah. Um, well, let me see. Sarah. Oh, yeah. I remember her. What was her story? They were good. They were a good team. They seemed like she wore a lot of red lipstick. They seemed, <laughs> I remember that about her. I was like, powerful move on her part i don't remember anything about her story but i do remember that i thought they were going to be a team to beat and i was pretty um shocked when they went home um sarah is from chicago and she's a writer she's 29 but i i thought they were going to be the team to beat i really did interesting before them when before they went home leon and victoria went home i liked leon a bunch and i was sad that he left leon was great leon was great um and uh so i mean that those are the uh, competitors um and so like i guess we'll really quickly tell you who i guess the top three were and how that went down and well, then we'll close this thing off i would like to talk about the commercials okay I'd like to talk about the Subway commercials. Oh, that's Fitbit right. I forgot about this. I'd like to talk I about... what you were talking about for I'd a like second, to talk yes. about the product placement on this show. And in a lot of ways, it did feel like the challenge. It did feel like a, hey, guys, we just got a message on our T-Mobile sidekick yeah. from TJ. This was them sitting around being like, you know what's a good meal on the go? A Subway sandwich. And then they'd eat a Subway sandwich and talk about how it's a good refueling meal. Well, here, I think you're kind of... You, you kind of spoiled it because it did first. It was just a series of Fitbit commercials. In the beginning, it was Fitbit, which made sense. Yes, where it's like every episode, there'd be a, a point where they'd be doing some training and they talk about how like an aspect of the Fitbit app. Right. We're going to monitor help. our heart rate yeah. with the Fitbit app And it now. worked. And then yeah. like about halfway through the season, all of a sudden, those commercials <laughs> turned into Subway sandwich commercials. Yeah. And it's it, it made it a lot less. <laughs> it was like, why are they eating Subway now after talking about all this stuff? Yeah. And like, really the they would have the trainers really talking about subway like it was the healthy option yeah. after a good workout the trainer would be like you got to eat you got to have a good refueling meal 30 minutes after your workout and that's why you reach for a subway sandwich and then it would like cut to like, all the, the fresh toppings they'd cut to a trainee who's a mom who would be like as a mom on the go i'm also i'm always looking for the healthy option i just hope that the trainers and the trainees got a little extra bonus in their check that week yeah uh, when they did that cuz it was always just like one 
team that yeah. would do it. I really do hope they made a little extra money because they looked like real pieces of shit shilling for these companies. I mean, uh, F- Subway is ultimately fast food, y'all. Let's yeah, not I pretend. We, me and Ashley both agree that we think it's delicious. Yeah, it's <laughs> delicious. It is. I guess it is the healthier option. I guess. When we I, don't know. When I go visit my grandparents in Martinsville, Virginia, there's nothing to eat besides like McDonald's, Wendy's, and Little Caesars. Bojangles. And Bojangles. And um, I will get... I. I will. I usually am happy to see a subway because I'm like, oh, at least I can get some like green peppers and yeah, spinach. Yeah, yeah. There are vegetables there. And I was telling Ashley this uh, yesterday while we were watching this, talking about this a little bit. That she didn't seem to give a shit. But uh, I'm going to tell you guys the breakfast over at uh, Subway. If you're oh, going to yeah. have a fast Nick, food, Nick, the breakfast, reason why I didn't care about this is because we had literally been talking about Subway for 30 minutes, and then you wanted to launch into a soliloquy about their breakfast. Go for it. So their breakfast. Here's what people don't realize. You know, it's same kind of rules as any other fast food breakfast, where it like stops after 11 or something like that. But if you go in there and you get their breakfast, it comes just like it's not like a separate sandwich. It comes just like the regular. You can get a foot long, or you can get a six inch, and you get some that little egg thing they put on there but you get all of the toppings just like you get all the toppings and that's why subway is the healthy thing. choice guys and that's why olives peppers <laughs> onions spinach that's all why that we're stuff. enjoying two subway sandwiches right now this <laughs> podcast loves subway what i like to put on my subway sandwich is little tiny fitbits <laughs> Um, all right, so let's just talk because we. I do want to wait. Close I want to do out. one more. What the most cringy of the commercials was the protein drinks, right at the end when I, Benny I looked like them. what? <laughs> but, but by the way, this was strong, um, sponsored by EAS. The whole show was that protein drink was EAS. Oh. That was the company who was putting this show on. Yeah, and it did seem like Benny worked for them. Benny was like, "I've been drinking these for over twenty years." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, they looked good. I, well, why did you find that to be the worst? Because that one went went on the longest. Actually, I had my riff <laughs> about the Fitbits being a topping, and all of a sudden, you brought up the protein shake. First off, you took that riff from me. I did that. You took while that we riff were, from me while we were watching you took the show. That riff from me. I was like, "I'm going to use my Fitbit to you order took a Subway." <laughs> You took the idea from you me. You took the roof from me. And you're now trying to take the last. Oh, man. We've been doing this podcast uh, for too long. Okay. Let's wrap it up. All right. So here's how the final three went down. Okay. Uh, what, what was insane. And by the way, this is the full on spoiler. So if you're done with this and you want to watch the show, I think we've done a pretty good job of not really spoiling the entirety of this show until right now. So go ahead and pause it. Watch some shit and come back. Pause. You're back. Okay, here we are. So um, what was interesting is Todd and Brittany, who come back from the Redemption House Tower, where they get paired up. Now they're the super team. They are still the underdogs. They are the people who are not performing in the regular challenges as well as the rest of the teams that have been there consistently. Those teams at this point are the purple team with Matt and Nicole, the blue team with Jill and Benny. Was it the... Gray team. Was it the gray team with Wes and Jasmine? Okay, so these are the teams that come out. Now, once this new yellow team shows up with Brittany and Todd, um, they immediately start losing competitions and having to go to the tower. They go to the tower three times in a row and eliminate three teams back to back to back. It's amazing. They are crushing the tower. They may not be the best in the regular competitions, but their bodies, their spirit... They are 
the tower. They know how to get through it. Yeah. Brittany has an injury. Brittany's got, half a, of she's this. got a bruised foot yeah. the entire time. Or her like bone shin, is bruised. Her shin bone or something. It, is and she's she's powering through it. And there is a point in the tower in which you have to do leg presses. Yeah. And she's crushing these things it with was a amazing. bruised bone. And she's competing. Sometimes she's like, her leg is like curled up. She's not even using it because it hurts so bad. So they throw out the gray team. Boom. Yeah. They throw out the purple team. Yeah. Boom. But they threw out a team before that, too. Yeah. Was it Mahogany and... Uh, I think so. Yeah, it was Mahogany yeah. and whatever his name is, the, the Lime team. So they threw out the Lime team. Dan Boom. and Mahogany, yeah. Dan and Mahogany go. Boom. They throw out the gray team. Boom. The purple team go head-to-head. It's the three... The two strongest teams is blue and purple, and then yellow is still in there, okay? Yellow we're getting down seems to this thing. like the third strongest team. They seem like the underdog. Uh, yellow team, Tom, Brittany are going up against purple team, Matt and Nicole, and, and, and we're, there's no way they're going to win. And honestly, at this point, while I'm watching this show, I'm going, I think purple team might take this entire thing. Same. Because I'm still thinking Nicole might be stronger just based on that rowing competition than Jill. Than Jill. We are assuming we are going to see a final of Benny and Jill versus Matt and Nicole. Which I would have been totally happy with, but Same. at this point... But at this point, I was so turned on the Brittany Todd team where I was like, this, this is the underdog you team. You love like, Todd. <laughs> I just love them both. I thought they yeah. were great. I want, yeah. and, and and they're coming back and they're they're losing in tough competitions. Yeah, but they Brittany keep is like such back. a fighter. And so that it's I already said it, purple and yellow go into one go into the team and and yellow crushes their time harder than they had ever crushed it. All of a sudden purple has to go and beat their time. They go in there, they lose by like eight seconds. Yellow yellow team wins. Yellow team wins. And it's crazy. So now you have amazing. You got yellow team, the redemption team, versus really what is was the strongest team in the entire competition. And when purple loses, they cannot believe it. They can't. No this one is, can believe it. We're, and this is where Nicole does her her thing in which she kind of talks about how inspiring it was just to be with around Todd. Todd. Yeah. So then now it's blue versus yellow. And really, at this point, both teams have won. Yeah. I, I'm I've I, as watching this, I've decided I know that there's no way that yellow can beat blue. It just isn't going to happen. Benny and Jill are a unit at this point. Since it, there's not many other competitors to focus on, we're getting a lot more store, a lot more Jill and Benny's story, and we're starting yeah. to hear the things about how they're a unit, how they're able to communicate without talking. Yeah, each one of their kind of two-on-two talks always break down in these tears. They're, they're hugging each love. other. They're clearly in love with one another, <laughs> and Jill is becoming really just kind of like a machine. She yeah. is she is transforming in in many ways. And Benny came into this competition clearly at the top of the heap, a hundred percent. So you got the real underdogs with Todd being the oldest competitor, except mm-hmm. for Benny, who's clearly older than him, but saying that he's 10 years younger. <laughs> not true and Brittany who Brittany's an underdog because a she was uh teamed up with Kai she in the was beginning with Kai, but also let's Brittany physically looks like an underdog to Jill she's a little she's tinier yeah. Jill is tall yeah you know, she's tall she's got um, that shoulder strength she's got shoulder strength um anyway so they have and to do a three-pronged competition is injured Brittany's injured. They have to do a three-pronged competition in order to do the final, which is running through this uh, tower once again. Yeah. They split the difference on the competition. Yeah. They're, they're competing for advantages in the tower. So they're competing for either more money after they win the tower or getting time shaved off their final, uh, getting time shaved off the clock on their final time. 
and it's um, it looks like the blue team is going to win the advantages, but they win the first advantage and then they lose the next one. Yes. So it it, it ends up evening both um, teams come out. So the way that that happens is Benny and Jill win this first competition. Yeah. They get the choice, as Ashley's saying, do you want extra money if you win this whole thing? Or do you want five seconds of time shaved off your tower run against the yellow team? Benny and Jill, even though I think that they're so good, they should take the money. They're smart. They take five seconds shaved off their time. Boom. Yeah. Now yellow team has a five-second deficit to make make up no matter what in something that they may not uh, be able to uh, beat them if it's head-to-head anyway. Yeah. So it's looking like the yellow team is really down and out. They go to the second part of this competition. Once again, it's uh, five seconds shaved off your time or more money in the end. Yep. Um, they do the competition. Who wins? Wow, yellow wins. Yep. What is yellow going to do? Are they going to even up the time? Or are they going to take the money? They look at each other. They talk about how much the money would mean to both of their families, but they both decide what's more important is the time. They shave off five seconds. They're back to square one. Yep. It's now an even competition, and Todd says so much when he makes this decision. Yep. And he says it's an even competition between blue and yellow. May the best team win. We go to the tower, ladies ah, and gentlemen. the tower. We're in the tower. It's a, it's a crazy they've added new things there's this thing we have to push all these stairs whatever you guys will watch the show and know it they they battle it out they battle it out the winners and rightfully so benny and jill the blue team the blue team win they win the entire thing it's very heartwarming it's very happy yellow team is very proud of themselves they're proud of the other team because yellow team won just by being in the end i mean yellow team got to the final against all odds against all odds guys and it was just an inspiring show we can't recommend it enough um if you know of any other shows like this out there please write us at realityblowspodcast at gmail.com because we are trying to expand our physical competition reality shows we've been enjoying oh, it oh. yeah we've been enjoying it we 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 dabbled in gladiator we loved strong so let us know what else is out there um as always, we'll be dropping our challenge recap on Wednesdays. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at, at uh, follow us on Twitter at Ashley B Roberts. Follow me on Twitter at Ashley B Roberts. Follow Nick on Instagram at Nick Maritato. That's M A R I T A T O. Rate us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Reality Blows Pod. Um, and uh, we will be back with a recap on uh, Wednesday morning, Tuesday night, somewhere around there. So, And we are getting to the end of the challenge, ladies and Woo-hoo, gentlemen. We're so, a few uh, weeks away. It's, it's coming. I think only about 16, 17 more episodes and we'll be yep. there. So, uh, 2020 is the end date <laughs> of Final Reckoning. All right, guys. Thanks. Goodbye. Bye.